Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. First issue. We are back on Talking Comics, and of course, we're here with Steve and Bob and Stephanie, and I'm your host, Bobby. But joining us is uh, writer of Fantastic Four, FF, Hawkeye, and the upcoming Sex Criminals, Matt Fraction. Matt, thank you so much for joining us on Talking Comics. Hey, thank you for having me on Talking Comics. Uh, we are psyched. Um, before we get into this comic book talk, though, I need to ask you, have you listened to the new David Bowie album? I have not. Uh, my, my life has been uh, kind of crazy lately, and I haven't... Uh uh done much of anything that wasn't work so uh hence me being a couple minutes late to this phone call amongst other things so no i have not uh i just got the notification from itunes that the uh deluxe edition that i had pre-ordered uh is downloadable uh as we speak so i will uh i haven't been to a movie since like uh the day after christmas and uh uh, it's been that kind of you know uh, winter so um um as soon as i can clear some time to, to, to sit with it. I, I absolutely will. Uh, and I know you're a huge Bowie fan. Do you have any, uh, what's your like three favorite Bowie songs? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, um, you want to think uh, about it? Uh, we'll come back to it later what in the interview. What's wrong with you? I, 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 uh, who asks that? What, what did I ever do? I thought we were friends. <laughs> It'd be that kind of podcast. I see. All right. This is the hard hitting stuff here, Matt. Hard yeah, hitting. You must oh choose. God. Um, Three, just three. You can, I, I was arbitrary number. If you want to, you want to give us more. I'm more. That's absolutely All right, fine. My top eighty-five <laughs> okay. tracks. Favorite album. Uh, favorite. I don't even know how to. Uh, favorite is. What does that mean? What day is today? Maybe hunky dory. Maybe okay. maybe scary monsters. I don't know. Maybe right. maybe maybe station to station. Um. Favorite tracks. Oh God. Uh, Life on Mars. Okay. Uh, uh, and Starman and Changes and Oh You Pretty Things and and uh, Boys Keep Swinging and uh, uh, Word on a Wing and Space Oddity and It's No Game and Ashes to Ashes and Fashion and and uh, uh, Rock and roll suicide, separate city. Like, come on, leave me alone. All right, know. all right. I think you've given us enough. You've given us enough. I think you're off the hook. Um, oh God. Uh, I bring that up because you do you do tweet a lot about David Bowie. Uh, and and in fairness, he's, he's kind of zeitgeisty at the moment. You know, it's a very Bowie thing right now. It, it absolutely thing. is. You're absolutely right about that. Um, I have to say, uh, your like Twitter somebody account. Wants, somebody wants to give me shit tweeting about Kanye West, uh, uh, but like I had. He had just put out like two, a record, and and I had worked with the dude, so I was like, well, when else am I gonna? It's relevant right. to talk about. Like, like, shut up! I'm allowed to talk about it. Everybody else is, but I'm not because I knew that dude would leave me alone. Yeah. Uh, your Twitter account is one of the most entertaining on my entire feed. Um, 
it, it's it's and apparently end of this comic talk and that's that's great i mean it, i it's it's funny do you like uh, the social networking thing no no, no. i don't <laughs> uh, but i don't kind of use twitter for social networking right um um I uh, I don't like social networking, uh, uh, but I like Twitter. It's fun, and it's funny. Most of all, it's funny uh, to me, and the people I, I tend to follow and, and some of the people I've met are are hilarious, and it is like little uh, little little drops of joy kind of scattered throughout my day. Mm -hmm. um, um, I have I, I follow a lot of people, but then there's the actual list of people I genuinely read. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, um, and that's all people who make me laugh, uh, or or people that that uh, that uh, that uh, you know. Or news. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of news, a lot of people make you laugh. That's that's a good way to go about Twitter. That's, that's yeah, probably otherwise right it's way. like, I think like, well, 680 people or something like that. It's like, right. no, like, don't read all of that. It'd just be a never-ending barrage of, you know. Uh, Bendis is convinced I don't actually like him because I don't see everything he tweets because he tweets a lot, like yes. I do. Yeah. And so just, just keeping up with the churn is difficult. Mm -hmm. Like, I need to whittle my list down. I need to have, like, a list of, like, People I'm going to meet or see who want to know why I haven't been tweeting back to them lately and then the actual list of people I read or something. I don't know. It's very – I think it's part of the reason I, I, I have issues with social media is it's, it's, it can be very easily overwhelming. And as we've previously established, I had trouble getting on this podcast on time. Uh, <laughs> I don't need any distractions or – I don't need any other homework in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Uh, so when you write, like your, your, your process – um, do you try to shut everything else out when you sit down to write a Hawkeye script or a Fantastic Four script or an FF script? You know, it kind of, I don't really have a stable, consistent work system. It, each book tends to be different. And then I was actually listening to music today while writing, but that's been the first time in a while uh, that I've been able to do it. Uh, uh, it all, it all kind of depends on, on where I am and what the project is, honestly. Interesting. Which is kind of an, an interesting answer, but, but I, I don't have a, a set methodology. Um, so what happens when you hit those, those really tough times, like those, like the, the block or the times where it just, everything you're pumping out is, is crap. How do you power through those? Uh, having bills to pay helps a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and, and I don't mean that to sound arch or, or, or uh, sarcastic. I, I mean, the train leaves the station every 28 days and I can be on it or, 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 or Dan Flaz right in Hawkeye. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that helps a lot, mm -hmm. having kids and a mortgage. Um, luckily, I, I tend to be healthily enough ahead that I can bark up whatever tree wants barking up that day. Um, and otherwise, you just sweat it out. You sit and you stare at it and, like, like notebook paper isn't precious, you know? Write mm -hmm. 10,000 bad pages in a notebook, you know? Um, and just work and work. And work and it's a craft you know like I, like as much as there there may or may not be art which is certainly arguable um i'm certainly not going to declare art um what i do art <laughs> but it's a craft for sure you know yeah. um um and in, in in the way uh uh one can perhaps have good days at the register or a good day behind the lathe uh, uh so can i sometimes <laughs> have good days you know at, at, at the keyboard i think it's just persistence right yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. John, this is a great John Irving bit about like not being the most gifted writer in the world, but he works harder than any other writer he's met. Mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, I get, I get that. I get that. 
Awesome. That, that, that's a great answer. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, we spent, you know, we've been on, we've talked about eight minutes and we haven't spoken about Fantastic Four yet. And I think Bob and Steve will kill me if I keep <laughs> uh, avoiding it. So, Bob, why don't you uh, give us a question here? Sure. Well, we'll just start right from the beginning. Uh, I've read that you went through all of Stan and Jack's 102 issue run to prepare for what you were going to do here. Uh, I was just wondering what quality of their work do you try to bring to yours here? Whoa, this is like, um, in the way that, that many in the NBA might want to be like Mike, there, there is only one Mike. Um, uh, I, I want to be as imaginative and spontaneous and fun, uh, uh, as their run is, it's so breathtaking. When they really get cooking, it is absolutely breathtaking. You know, to ping pong from the Inhumans to Silver Surfer and Galactus to Wakanda uh, uh, off to, you know, Prester John and all that stuff, like in the desert. I like, it just goes from bam, 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 bam. It is, it is so, they built the Marvel Universe in 102 issues, right? Like, yes. that's, not, that's not bad. Um, so I, I wanted there to be some degree of that kind of freedom and, 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 you know, just, just net like six and seven are, is my first like kind of specific two-parter. Um, but they're all kind of self-contained and one issue leads to the next and, oh gosh, um, I can read it to my kids, which is something that I've never done with my work before. Um, and, and there's something so kind of, uh, pure and loving about it you know um, um I, I i feel like for good or for ill a lot of my peers uh will, will take these gigs and will sort of hold their nose uh with one hand as they type with the other um i've, I've been very fortunate i've never had to take a job like that and, and i never will i'll get out of comics before i have to do it um but i, I genuinely love the books I'm, i am a, a, a genuine fan of it and I, and I just wanted to try and recreate for somebody else the stuff that i love you know and try and keep the the the, the, the fire burning as it were oh, that love is there mm-hmm. absolutely nice yeah absolutely um yeah. stephanie actually we had a listener question about kind of the transition from the previous run of fantastic four to this one so you want to ask that one yeah, absolutely so um <clears throat> one of our listeners clint hayes he basically was just saying, coming on to a book after Jonathan Hickman's success, did you feel sure. there was anything you wanted to keep the same, whether there was a particular dynamic, tone, or voice, or did you feel that the best way to keep these books success would be to concentrate on your own interpretation and freshen everything up? Um, uh, I object. That is uh, leading the witness. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say neither. Uh, I love John's work and uh, enjoy John's work and, and was incredibly intimidated by it. And there were certain truisms of spirit that I wanted to maintain. I wanted there to be a psychic continuity, not literal, uh, uh, from, from, from book to book. We'll start to see Johnny referring to like, eh, I've been dead before. It's no big deal. Um, <laughs> uh, things like that. So, but I also am tired of reading comics that are about comics. Uh, John wrote a Fantastic Four book where the Fantastic Four were a supporting cast. And this is, again, from a huge fan of John's work. They're like, okay, well, I'm going to reshift the focus on the four. You know, Franklin and Val, after a run where they were really front and center, really have kind of sat in the back seat and quipped, you know. Um, um, And that was a deliberate choice, again, to kind of refocus on the core of the book. Uh, So, so again, there, there 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 were... certain 
aspects that I wanted to to honor and 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 continue on. But then at the same time, I felt especially knowing that they were doing this whole kind of Marvel Now thing, and it would be a chance to get new readers looking at the book. I wanted to return to uh, uh, kind of core uh, core principles and uh, 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 fundamentals, um, and then build out from there. Awesome. Awesome. Steve? Yeah, I got a bit of a follow-up to that, actually. So the new Fantastic Four, the new run in Marvel Now, it starts off with this uh, like gradually crippling disease uh, infecting Reed and, and presumably the, eventually the rest of the family. Was there any other big ideas that you had that maybe wound up on the cutting room floor that you decided not to use? Not really. Um, no. Oh, awesome. I'm so glad <laughs> I asked. I'm sorry. It's not a very <laughs> no, kind of kind of stuck the landing uh editorially anyway um um I'm, I'm no i really and, and no no not at all in fact even one of the more like ridiculous things uh, uh uh is kind of turning into its own issue you know like even the stuff that i did like as a as a joke was a not as a joke but as an example of the kind of stories we could do mm-hmm. um um became uh became a uh, is is it going to be an issue so you know you're going to see Ben Grimm punch Ben Franklin in the face (laughs) (laughs) because he's a scroll and that's our July issue. You know, it's like, all right, we're doing it. We're going to go the the declaration of independence gets signed and there's a scroll in the room. Like, all right, that's the kind of stories we're going to do. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, Steve, did you have a question about uh, the, the, the sister book? FF? Yes, I did actually. Yeah. Um, I was wondering how you went about choosing uh, the four that would replace, um, obviously, the family in the future foundation. Did you have like a dartboard? Did you <laughs> go researching on who would be the best person to fill that slot? How did that? Uh, how did that work? I mean, a lot of it is intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it was was thinking about the characters and who they were, and trying to think who they would ask. Uh, I wanted there to be some, again, some sense of legacy uh, uh, between the books. I think there is there is some kind of continuation to who these people are and what their relationships are. Um, um, She-Hulk is a perfect example, having been in the Fantastic Four before. Kind of that was a nice moment of legacy. And if you've never read a Fantastic Four comic book, you don't have to know it. Right. I don't even know that we refer to it, but if you get it, you get it, and it's kind of oh look, that's comfy, right? It's like a nice, uh, nice, nice warm, no, nice comfy chair. <laughs> um, other things like Bendis made a joke when I was doing my pitch for the book, and I didn't have who the replacement team was at that point. Um, I think I had She-Hulk. She might have been first, but um, Bendis just kind of as a joke said, "Oh, and Johnny would blow it, so it'd be whatever you know, whatever Starlet he slept with the night before." And I was like, that's perfect. Like, that's just, that's exactly what Johnny would do. And it gives us a human. It gives us a real person. It gives us the man on the street. It gives us the reader. We have, uh, you know, an avatar in Darla, like somebody who's going to view the lens of this crazy world through, you know, uh, uh, human eyes. Uh, the idea that she's like outside of the Baxter building, she's the most famous person in the universe, but inside she's neurotic insecure and completely out of out of her element is was just sort of gravy but like it just it was a spontaneous thing that kind of came out to, to get a chuckle out of the room but at the same time it, it came from a, a, a great and observant place you know so i absolutely stole that um you know i think everything i have to say about sue uh, was said in like number four and so it's like you kind of need a queen with eight arms to take over 
yeah, for, yeah. you know, uh, uh, mother. So that was Medusa. And, and Scott, I had actually kind of been half pitching um, an Ant-Man book. Ant-Man is like an, ac- like an acronym, like A-N-T-M-E-N, that would have starred Scott and still might get to do it someday. But that kind of, as Marvel now got moving, kind of became less and less, like there wasn't really a place for it anymore, but I, could, I figured out how I could port Scott from there to here in a way that still let me go there later, um, but, but didn't neglect who he was or who his character was. And again, I, you know, I don't think you need to read Children's Crusade to understand what's happened. You, you get it in flashback. Yeah. yeah. And it seemed like a very sort of Dr. Spock way of, like, have any of you ever lost a pet? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And there's inevitably that jerk. It's like, oh, just get another pet. Yeah. <laughs> get a new dog. Be fine. Mm. Great. Get a new puppy. Perfect. Take care of everything. Just plug that hole <laughs> in your heart right up with a puppy. <laughs> it doesn't work like I. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me mourn for this, but it seemed like Reed would be that dude. Mm. Oh, you miss children. Here, I have children. Right. Right. Like scientist. I need scientists. Mm-hmm. I need superhero. You are superhero scientist, missing child person here. <laughs> My heart doesn't take count. it. Heal. <laughs> yeah, you know, nailed it. Uh, so it just sort of felt like like that kind of like that was a very read choice. And then, oh gosh, what happens if you really have the inverse opposite of Reed running the Fantastic Four, a guy who has no confidence in his leadership and doesn't know what he's doing moment to moment and doesn't want a family. Um, and retains an element of inventive science and, and, and you know, he, he really is Reed's opposite number, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very fun to write him and then go over to Fantastic Four and write Reed being Reed, you know? You kinda, I can play the two against each other. In my head, they, they, they interweave. Um, mm-hmm. And a, a more, 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 this will become apparent the further we go on. If you're reading both books, you begin to get rewarded for that um, fealty. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's awesome. Uh, Bob? Sure. It's sort of a follow-up to that. It's the it's those small human moments that really make the, the two books stand apart from everything else, whether it's Reed sort of coming around later in the conversation with Scott or, um, you know, Sue comforting the kids, Franklin's dreams or whatever. Are you finding as you're breaking in these characters, so to speak, that these moments are sort of writing themselves as you get into this further? Yeah, I suppose so. Um Yeah, there's, 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 I mean, there's such a learning curve with it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I wasn't happy with that third issue and I'm convinced that I've tanked the book. Uh, I get lots of, I get lots of nice, the people say lots of nice things about FF and lots of nice things about Hawkeye. It's rare that I hear nice things about Fantastic Four. So I'm like, I think issue three blew it. I think I, I think I didn't hit it, I, I, which is a bummer because I think four is, 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 is much stronger, but, um, but there's, you, you learn them. You learn who they are. You know, I, I, it's it's hard to find tone right from the gate. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. there's some guys who can do it, but I always feel like it's like the first season of a TV show. It takes you a couple to get it down. You know, mm-hmm. um, and as they become more comfortable with who they are, the moments come out more and more. Um, and I'm, I'm so yeah. I think I think that's true of any book that you do. Is sort of the longer you stay with it, the more you learn who the characters are, especially coming off of you know, doing two books for, you know, one for four years and one for five years, uh, uh, like having 
very worn in house slippers kind of relationship <laughs> with 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 like Thor and Iron Man to then all right suddenly brand new number ones it's like oh gosh there's so much to learn and you're not Tony Stark and you're not Thor and you're not Pepper you know it's so so there's definitely been a learning curve but but yeah the, the more it goes I, I, the more your intuition kind of gets courage and confidence very nice Google uh Stephanie you got some listener questions uh, some yeah. Hawkeye stuff yeah, well, let me go to uh, the Fantastic Four first, since okay. we had one oh, question sure. about that. Um, Lauren Collix, who's a fan, fan and friend of the show, she wanted to know how you came to write Fantastic Four and FF. Uh, did you seek it out, or were you approached for that? I was approached um, and just sort of chewed it over for a little while. Um, there was they, they were kind of casting internally Marvel Now stuff. Um, and they asked if I'd at least think about it. My, and my initial, initial response was no, um, just because I knew I liked John's books so much and I knew where it was going. I knew it was going to be, and I feel like John and I write very similarly sometimes. At least we have the same kind of interests. And so if I had gotten Fantastic Four before John, my book would have been very much like John's. You know, it was like my destination would have been the same way. We would have, we might not have taken the same roads or, or been the same kind of quality of driver, but it would have been the same destination. Um, so I was intimidated, quite frankly. And, and you know, it just, it's, it's as, a, as a fan, I was intimidated by following John. As a, as a fan, I was intimidated by following Stan and Jack or any, you know, or bust out the scroll of the who's who of, of who worked on this book. So... They approached, I, I, I said no, but as I started to kind of think about it, I started to find my way in. It was so incredibly different from John's. I got excited, if nothing else, just to try it. Awesome. Um, <laughs> sorry, it kind of cut out there for a second on me, but um, <laughs> as in a similar kind of uh, vein of things uh, and switching over to Hawkeye, two of our readers, Leonardo Jose Nieves, I hope I'm saying that right, and Robert Gall, they kind of wanted to know um, did you approach Marvel for the idea for Hawkeye and did you choose to make it uh, stylized the way it is or was that something you were asked to do? I, I, again, leading the witness, which I object to. Um, <laughs> I, no, no, I mean, I, I don't, I think it's sort of a myth that you just declare, I will be writing this now. They, they were thinking about doing a Hawkeye book and I, and I thought, oh, that could be fun. And my, my, I, 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 uh, agreed to, I wanted to do it and I kind of had a, a short pitch that was sort of tentatively greenlit that I was, but, but I realized it, it wasn't right. I had the wrong pitch and I wasn't into it. I had a Hawkeye story, but not a book. Um, and so I backed out and said no. And then they kept, they were looking around to try and fill it. And then I went, I, I figured it out and went back. I figured out what, sort of what I wanted to do rather and had to then go back and basically Reinvite myself to uh, to a dinner table I'd excuse myself from, which is sort of embarrassing in a lot of ways. But um, and then I did. What was the question about stylized? Oh, was it your choice uh, or theirs? Yeah. No, they didn't. No, I mean, that's. I don't know what that means. It was me and David. And I, I don't know. I just wrote the book that I wanted to read. You know, I guess that's stylized. Uh, and and I knew, and I David was my first. When I figured out the book, uh, David was my first choice to do it. 
And I just knew, I saw it. I knew what it was going to be in my head immediately. It just fell into my head, finished. I could even see the colors. You know, I even knew mm -hmm. how Hollingsworth was going to do it. So, I mean, it was our design together from, from the get-go. Um, and I don't know if that was born out of, like, you know, there being four volumes of failed Hawkeye books <laughs> in the past or... Like I said, was wanting to read, wanting to write the book I wanted to read. That, that that kind of is always my 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 internal astrolabe is always sort of pointed sure. at like, well, what would you want to read? Mm -hmm. um, um, so yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm, the book is the book we wanted to make, right? And and thank you, Steve and Sana and Tom and Tom and Axel for letting us make it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Thank you them too because there was a time this pitch would not have gotten a, 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 a would not have been published, let alone gotten a, a yellow light. There is a there is a time when I've been at Marvel where a, pitching this book would have gotten a no thank you. You know, mm -hmm. I have pitched books similar in this neighborhood that have gotten a no thank you. You know, um, um, but the you know, just every now and again, man, you just you're at the right place at the right time and. and a penny falls out of the sky and you catch it, you know? Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Steve? Uh, yeah, there's a uh, there's a character in the book, Pizza Dog. <laughs> I am yes. very curious. Were you at all anticipating the like internet popularity <laughs> that that character had become? <laughs> no, sir. And I have now seen uh, pizza, like people are actually making pizza. I'm sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> no, I'm no, no, it's all good. The the conclusion of that question was, did you imagine that Pizza Dog was going to be an internet sensation? Yes. I'm glad there wasn't a twist. So, <laughs> um, um, did you anticipate being a horrible human being? Um, no, absolutely. No, God, no. Oh, my God. I don't know that you can anticipate. No, absolutely not. And there are people at Emerald City had Pizza Dogs. I signed Pizza Dogs. <laughs> That's awesome. It is amazing. Absolutely. The, the entire response to this book it has been amazing. The team Hawkeye. I get presents. I bet. This book. I don't. I don't know what to do with that. And it freaks me out. And I feel bad that I don't have anything to give back. I got a boomerang arrow. I got a, I got a cross stitch. I mean, it's people. I got a dude brought donuts. I mean, it's the craziest, amazing thing in the world. To me. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that book has hit some sort of nerve, I think, with with a lot of the comic buying uh, public. I mean, you know, I, for me, the standout from reading it, uh, for the mo the biggest standout has been my new love for the character of Kate Bishop, uh, Hawkeye. I mean, what is it, you know, were you a fan of that character before you brought her in? Or, you know, what has been, like, the reaction to that character, too? Well, that is great, too. Um it's been amazing. It's all been amazing. Uh, let's see. I got asked in like my first year of working at Marvel if I would write one of the Young Avengers Presents issues. Um, and I was a huge Young Avengers fan and, and I'm a huge Young Avengers fan and loved it and loved what Alan and Jimmy did and remember the crap they took for it. The, the cynicism, not cynicism is the wrong word, the pessimism and the negativity and the um, um, presumption that they had to deal with uh, uh, in advance of that book being launched um, compared to 
what they were what they not only made but how it was received it's, it's weird it's like everybody forgot that they went to a party and got super drunk and trashed it you know like, <laughs> like you guys remember how everybody mocked these dudes and headlines on websites but these guys had to had to eat your garbage but uh but everybody loves the success i guess but um I was one of those people who loved that success and one of those people who refused to believe that anything new could be done with the book and uh, uh, picked it up and just marveled at how rich and great it was. So anyway, it was cool to be asked to be a part of it. Um, and I got to write the Kate issue and that was sort of, oh, look how great she is, you know? And I felt like I, felt like I had found this oil well in my own backyard. <laughs> and maybe it wasn't big enough to put a giant oil pump outside. Maybe it wasn't enough to make me a billionaire. But um, I found this very rich thing, um, and had you know was a, a Clint fan from childhood, um, um, and just sort of look how fun they are together. And what, Clint would be the last person in the world who would care about continuity. I don't care. Call yourself Hawkeye. Great. Just earn it. Don't suck. <laughs> Like that, like call yourself Clint Barton. Just don't blow it. Like, mm -hmm. like Clint's problem would be you blowing it, not what you call yourself. And that sort of, I don't know, just that relationship came out of me very easily. So putting them together as Steed and Peel, like sort of by way of Rockford, was a natural extension of that, I guess. Um, and Look, I got a daughter, and comics have a lot to answer for uh, with regards to how it represents women and how it speaks to women and what it thinks of women as an industry, as a multimedia juggernaut. Comic books have a lot of things to answer for. And I knew one day my daughter was going to want me to answer them. So <laughs> all I had to do was clean my side of the street, mm -hmm. and that was you know, kind of a sea change in my thinking. Um, so the, the chance to write a vital, vivacious, heroic young woman, emphasis on young and emphasis on woman was like catnip. I just couldn't say no. Hmm. Especially reflected against like the beat up, you know, busted knuckles, tape on his nose, Clint Barton. It was such a great chewy and crunchy kind of combination, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's worked like a charm because it's, she's one of my favorite characters now and probably the whole Marvel universe. So, uh, and it's made me want to go back and read all those other you know, Avengers and such. And she's, I mean, it's great. She's great. She's great. It's great. <laughs> she's the best. Uh, also, I want, you know, at least three of us here, you know, Steve, Bob, and myself all live uh, on Long Island. Yes. And uh, really was awesome to see that Hawkeye issue that you put out. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing we're doing fine, you know. Uh, uh, you know, we were hit pretty no really big property damage. I see lost power for about eleven days, uh, two weeks. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, I had a friend, uh, a, a friend of my mother. She lost her entire house. Like her, everybody in her family is fine, but they just bought this brand new house. Uh, south of except Merrick for, Road in Massapequa. Totally yeah, you know, buying a, a house south of Merrick Road in Massapequa, and it just got destroyed by the storm. Uh, uh, we actually had a listener question, I think, wrote an email about it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, friend of the show, uh, Logan Fowler, actually wrote in to me. And uh, first, he wanted to thank you for Hawkeye in general and wanted to thank you specifically for the Sandy issue. And he was curious, 
as to how you went about plotting that issue and that if maybe some of the uh, news stories that were going around helped you to make that issue come out? How did you go about writing that? Uh, It was kind of written, it was sort of, we decided like Thanksgiving weekend we were going to do it. Uh, I reached out to Steve as it was happening. Like, am I crazy or is this a, right? Is this our book? Mm -hmm. Um, We were pregnant with all these other things. So it was like, I don't, I don't know how we fit it in, you know, Mm -hmm. but we, because we had all this other stuff happening. Uh, So we decided to blow the book up basically. (laughs) Um, and like, all right, fine. We're, we're, this is our boom. We're going to create an issue in three weeks. Great. <laughs> um, and look, Steve's the guy that like edited 50, the first half of 52. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to put your faith in anybody to pull that off, it's going to be Steve Wacker. Steve also had the brilliant idea of like, look, we're going to get two artists because it'd be easier to get 10 pages out of two dudes than 20 out of one. Right. And my response was, oh, great. So one's a Kate story. One's a Clint story. Great. Got it. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. And then we can tell a story about New York and New Jersey. And we can tell these two, you know, everything just kind of, so the, had my, had my, what's it about very, basically once we said, yes, we're doing this, you know, damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. All right, great. The shape immediately. And I knew, I knew what it was about right off. I just didn't know what happened. Right. Um, so Clint and Grills was, I knew, I knew sort of what Grills' deal was. I mean, I know what all of those people in that building, I can tell you about all of them, but I knew what Grills' deal was, and I'm, I'm from North Carolina and have – now, well, Carolina's not like a coastal town, so like we, we had to deal with like flooding and, and stuff. Like I've never had like, oh, hey, there's a hurricane here now. We've always gotten you know, the hurricane 10 hours after landfall or whatever. But I, I, I've known people who have lost everything. I, I've had neighbors that have been flooded out that we bailed water and, you know, uh, and, and, and I've seen how communities tied together, but I've also known people that had like that one crazy uncle that didn't come off the beach, right. <laughs> or that didn't, you know, come down from the mountain when whatever, like, it just like, I've known that. So I wanted to tell a story about that, you know, this sort of, mm-hmm. I just dug in cause it's easier to drown and get washed away than, you know, live your life or whatever. So that kind of, was sweet and sad and gave Clint a chance to be in the middle of this relationship and, and, and to tell a story about that kind of mentality. It was nice to kind of show girls a little bit who I liked an awful lot. I like the, I like this kind of Papa bear that takes care of everybody, <laughs> having his own father that kind of hates his guts. Nice. Um, I'm curious. Did you know that there was a news story going around at the time that there was a wedding that was supposed to take place it was either in Jersey or on the island and the whole news team and many people were writing into this girl asking her as to why she was persisting that her wedding would still happen. That when mm-hmm. I read Kate's portion of the of the book, that it completely mirrored that situation. And I was wondering if that was on purpose. Uh, I had friends that were scheduled to get married on September 16th, 2001. Mm-hmm. And they did. Mm-hmm. Oh. They pulled it together and they lost everything like they lost their locations it, it was cra- it was nuts they in five days i might have the dates wrong i might i might i might be off a week it's not by much but it was a thing their wedding was a very big thing um um so this isn't uh, it wasn't like they knew it was coming but like but i was 
in my head putting a wedding against a nat a, 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 an unnatural a disaster period was sort of there's something to that you know um, but you see people all the time like oh we're not going to leave we're untouchable look where we are mm -hmm. to, to kind of get to the specifics of the story um it didn't i i guess it's just when you not really but like i said i had, I had friends who got married right around september 11th and and it's sort of the inverse of that problem but it was kind of that that's i don't know for whatever reason that kicks around in my head mm -hmm. um what what did come out of a newspaper article was the bit with grills going back to save the pictures Mm -hmm. Only the newspaper article I read, the fellow didn't make it out of the basement. Wow. So I put an Avenger in the basement to save him. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, and then I read about how there was like four looting arrests. <laughs> there were four looting arrests. That's it. Mm -hmm. And it was very like, and that was inspiring to me. Like, like you always hear like, oh boy, especially in New York, right? Like, oh boy, yeah. it's a uh, seven million people uh, uh, trapped on an island, turn out the lights and... Mm -hmm. You know, a, a buddy of mine, um, not to, again, bring up 9-11, but we were talking about the blackout a few years back. And he said, this sounds horrible, but it was all the good parts of 9-11. It was 9-11 without the tragedy. Mm -hmm. Like, New York just took care of itself. Everybody mm -hmm. cooked out, and, like, you walked everywhere, and you checked on your neighbors, and your neighbors checked on you, and everybody just kind of had a great big, like, three-day open-air barbecue. <laughs> and it was like that, like, that meant a lot to me to hear. Like, that was very cool to hear. Yeah. Um and so everybody who thinks the worst of everybody, in fact, people are not, you know, the, the monsters you, th you think they are all the time, or rather the monsters remain the exception. Mm -hmm. So I was inspired when I read about how few, how little looting there was, and that everyone was arrested, you know, and that it was all citizens' actions. It was all people working to, 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 to protect society, to protect civilization itself, right? And how great is that? Yeah, how yeah, inspiring that, that, that New York and Long Island and New Jersey and Connecticut could have these things happen and four dudes looted. Four. <laughs> yeah. Not bad. Not bad Between at all. Eight, the eight million people or ten million people affected by it, not not bad. So it was kind of a melange of, of real, imagined, and historical and personal, and, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Uh, Bob, let's start back to you. Sure. Um... Really, the really odd one. I have a list, listener question about uh, Future Foundation. And okay. it's from Jennifer, and she wants to know, will the She-Hulk be breaking the fourth wall anytime soon? <laughs> no, no, alas. Oh, too um, bad. Um, um, I think it'd be funny if... Uh, uh, no, I'll tell you, let's see. Um, Ohura, who... Eh, Ahura, Ahura? Ahura, not Uhura, Ahura. Um, <laughs> I'm going to keep saying that word until it becomes completely meaningless. <laughs> son is going to come and join the book. Um, and he's a sort of a spooky goth kid. And that's going to, that's going to cause complications. That's, there's going to be a new student who dresses in black and has very pale skin and very, uh, very impressive hair and sits <laughs> in the back and like simmers and stews. And it's going to, you know, um, cause complications amongst the, the, uh, the boys and the girls. Uh, um, so that's 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 fun, and you're gonna see Lockjaw very soon. I think it'd be great if Lockjaw was the fourth wall. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, alas. Uh, so oh, maybe it'd be funny. Maybe maybe she could get like hit on the head. Yes. Except for some kind of traumatic injury, and just spend an issue narrating people, and nobody knows who she's talking to. <laughs> that'd, that'd be, be great. Amazing. Right, well, you heard it here first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A scoop. That would be funny. 
Yeah. Than a traumatic brain injury. Yes, absolutely. It's I mean, comics. You know. Hilarious. Yeah. High comedy. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know much about it, but you, you've you been talking about your new book, uh, Sex Criminals, coming yes. out. Uh, what is Sex Criminals to all our listeners, and uh, when are we going to get to read it? Uh, I've, I've got a couple of creator-owned books uh, from Image that I will that I will now gladly show for you. Um, <laughs> sex Criminals is a sex comedy, uh, but for comics, it's the kind of thing that mass media does. Whether it's um, 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 Bridget Jones's Diary or uh, 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 Superbad or How I Met Your Mother, like like comedies about people having sex or not having sex, like that's something that is incredibly successful everywhere but i couldn't think of a single one that had been done in comics hmm. um so that kind of was intriguing to me i think you know funny is hard and sex is a thing but, but like literally the kind of stuff that that people watch every night at eight o'clock like doesn't exist in comics right these kind of these, oh. these bride there's never been a bridesmaids for comics and i don't understand why um so i wanted to do something like that that at the same time was a comic so it had to have some specifically visual twist that, that, that explain this is why this is a comic and this is not like my, my crappy screenplay that I've broken into 20 page chunks like this is <laughs> a comic meant to be a comic and here's how it takes advantage of the form and blah 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 mm-hmm. so it is the, at its root a sex comedy um, about a, a young lady who uh, when, when, she, when she has sex um, freezes time oh, wow. so I guess she has a superpower and that's her, that's her superpower <laughs> But the people she's with are frozen as well. So sex is this kind of alienating, distancing, weird mystery to her. And it makes her kind of a unique, isolated, sometimes sad, sometimes happy, ultimately confused, lonely person with a very good heart who who just wants someone who loves her and understands her in the way that we all do. (laughs) One night she meets a guy at a party and they hook up and they have sex. And as time freezes and she decides she's going to go, you know, all right, time to go spend my you know, 15, 20 minutes in frozen time. She finds that he is there with her. And he in fact has the same ability and the same issues and the same loneliness and has been looking for someone like her his whole life. And the two of them, uh, now that they have found each other, do what anyone would do, uh, which is Rob Banks. <laughs> I have to let my dog out. Uh, uh, I will. I'm, I am listening. But if you hear a sliding noise in the background, that is me okay. opening a sliding door. It will beat a dog whining and barking. <laughs> absolutely, that absolutely <laughs> is absolutely fine. Um, you, you know, you talked about you know doing a career own book there. You have you know multiple books uh, over with Marvel. Very you know artists on each one. How do you you know how do you work with artists? Do you work with these artists in different ways? Obviously, you worked with David before. So, uh, you know, you guys probably have a language together, but who knows? So, you know, how do you, how do you work with artists? That's a great question. Thank you. <laughs> uh, no, I, that, that's uh, I'm only half kidding. I sort of don't know what the answer is. Um, I write every book specifically for the artist I'm writing for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do my best to find as much of their work as I can to kind of study it and, and learn it. And then I, I try to imagine what the ultimate David Aha book is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what the ultimate Mike Allred book would look like and how do you get that? How do you get there? How do you write for them? How do you find what that is? Um, and sometimes it's, it's, sometimes I think I'm successful at it and sometimes it takes a while. Like it's another kind of thing that I ran into on Fantastic Four is like I'm a big Mark Bagley fan and I 
don't think it's really until like issue four that I figure out how to write for him. Because hmm. um, it takes a while. It's a learning process. Uh, with David, again, as you said, I had the advantage of, of having worked with him in the past. And I knew he was just going to throw it all out anyway. So <laughs> steer into that skid. And I've been like experimenting with Marvel style. And so it was a chance to really work with him as a partner. Um, like a real, like I said, we, we've taken the, we, uh, uh, when I say partner, you know, we've, we've taken writer and artist as appellations out of the credits of the book. When we work together, it's, it's by he and I, um, because it is a, a really organic free flowing partnership. Um, there's a lot of trust and, and, and a lot of back and forth to get to where we get, but it, it, it comes out of trusting inevitably that we're going to get there. Um, so David is kind of, David's unique in a lot of ways. That's one of the ways in which my relationship with David is unique. But yeah, every, everyone is different. It's its own. I'm doing another image book called uh, Satellite Sam with Howard Chaikin, uh, who I've worked with before, but again, is a different, wildly different artist, you know, and it's a period book and it's all this other stuff. So this is kind of, it's, I always liken it to cross training where like, uh, 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 you're always working different muscle groups, um, um, so that you don't overwork anyone in particular and some days it's cardio and some days it's weights and some days you're going to do this and some days you're going to do that and it kind of working different muscles working for different artists and working on these different books kind of keep all of these different muscle groups stimulated at the same time and it, it keeps me from getting bored which is sort of job one Matt, i sort of have a follow-up to that I, I know a lot of people would have thought that michael allred on ff would have been sort of a leap of faith you know his other work was all just humorous but there's something happening. There's a uh, huge emotional content of what's going on yeah. that we sort yeah. of not haven't, haven't really seen in his work before. So it must be something that the two of you are coming up with together. But it's just now such a perfect fit. I couldn't imagine anyone else on this book. And, and man, wait until you see what's coming. Um, <laughs> wait until I start murdering all these children. No, um, <laughs> um, I, I'm a big Mike fan. I wouldn't be in comics if it wasn't for Mike. Um, I literally would not be here if it wasn't for him as a human, not as a creator. I mean, yes, as a creator, but like as a person, I don't know that I would be in comics if it wasn't for meeting him. Um, and writing for him, I, I mean, I can honestly say is a dream come true. Uh, 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 cliche be damned. Uh, uh, and, and like, I just close my eyes and write the book I want to read and, and see the book that I, that I know he has in him. I just have to figure out how to get to it. You know, um, I write him fan letters every issue. Like I write him, I wrote him the other day, just like a thank you letter. I wasn't even working on a FF script. I just thought about how happy working on it made me. And I wrote him this gushing letter about like, you just make me really happy. This book delights me to no end and writing it and getting to work with you and getting you know, this is a really high compliment, like getting to show what he's capable of to people who didn't know or hadn't seen it before. Mm -hmm. is like, right on, man. Mm -hmm. oh, sure. Those moments with Darla when Scott goes to bring her back uh, and then the chase down the stairs, it's holy matter. I've never seen a page like that ever. I've been reading comics for way too many years. <laughs> and it was just, it was just brilliantly original. There, there is one of those, you know, there's sort of part of the... Um, the joy of working with mad geniuses is you can um, you can totally cop out and write like, okay, time for you to be a mad genius. <laughs> I don't know how you draw this, but here's what's happening. And what if you did this? And what if you did that? Okay, Mike, you figure it out. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then Mike 
figures it out and produces this amazing page. And then you come back and you're like, yep, I nailed it. Great job, me. <laughs> I mean, that sense of delight, you can absolutely feel it. I mean, you know, we had Mike all right on a couple of months ago and, and he said the same thing, how delighted he was and excited he was uh, to, be, oh. to be drawing that book. So. Yeah, he was so hyped. He actually went out and bought a, a Kirby original with Medusa at uh, San Diego last year. <laughs> wow! Just as like some kind of to, to like as some sort of like totemic activation ritual. Um, <laughs> and he wanted. To, he's got this. Uh, he's got this sort of voice. He's got this kind of like <laughs> like superhero voice. Yeah. Yeah, yes, he totally does. Hey, I, hey, what's going on? You know, like he's got this very. Uh, and it was a. Uh, uh, I think he actually used to do TV work. Huh. I might have completely imagined this. I want to say he was like an like he did on air reporting. Like this is Mike Allred live from the scene. Can't you hear him? Oh, yeah. That? yeah. Oh like, yeah, sit, absolutely. Like, squint your ears. You can kind of imagine him as like breaking news from that big industrial fire downtown. Game show announcer. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah game show that, announcer. Yeah. He just it's like, oh yeah, hey man. Yeah. <laughs> Come on down. That's great. It's just he's He's he is like a like a it's like it's like he's got like like he's like he's one sixteenth golden retriever. <laughs> got this sweetness, this goodness, and this enthusiasm that just like is the best. I love him so much. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. and you you can feel that in the book. You can absolutely feel that in the book. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we're running out of time. Uh, Stephanie, you had a question you wanted to ask Matt. Yes. Um, well, this one's actually uh, just kind of not about your comics specifically, but I wanted to know how you felt about digital comics. Do you think that there's something that's helping the industry or hurting it in the long run by taking people out of comic book stores? Um, I think any. Oh, I, I think they're helping. I think they're great. I think I don't think they're taking people out of comic book stores. Um, I think an essential part of comics is the physical. And when people fall in love, they will go and get it. It's different than a book, mm-hmm. really different than a book in like a very, very abstract, but a very real way. Um, books can be ethereal, but comics as art objects are art objects, right? And you can look at a picture of a painting, but it's not the same as having it on your wall. So I think anybody... I think I think digital comics are all advertisements for the physical. I think it's a way too to add value to the physical mm-hmm. with skyrocketing paper prices and just general cost of living issues. Um, you know, these things are getting more expensive and they will remain that way. And and we can grouse about it, but it's not gonna change anything. Um so you can never go backwards, but you can figure out ways to go forwards more more intelligently. So I think Digital download codes in physical books are great. It's all advertising pushing people towards the physical. Um, there, there, as long as there are comics, there will be comic book stores. Um, and and if people, I was a, a, a friend of mine who should know better was browsing on the internet today uh, about the comicsology kerfuffle mm-hmm. and and how it is that. You know what? You could, you could, you could. Yeah, Bill Gemma said you could serve people milk and cookies, and they yell at you for, because they're lactose intolerant. <laughs> um, I think, I think it was him. But like, but like, he was complaining about 
look, comics can't just abandon the direct market. They are our retail partners. Without them, we don't exist. Without us, they don't exist. Like, they're not going anywhere. We have to figure out how to move forward and take care of them and take care of us and get to a digital place with intelligence and, and logic. And, and we're getting there. I'm sorry it's not overnight, but it's not like you just flip a switch and go digital. You know, if Marvel or DC went digital... Thousands of like just overnight stop being paper companies and pure digital or whatever like that like people would be out of business. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's a whole complicated watchworks that you have to kind of keep in mind. And 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 I'm certainly guilty of it myself. And having that, of that kind of shortcut thinking, I'm guilty of no doubt. But as I have gotten older and as I have gotten to kind of experience how the hot dog gets made a little bit, I understand. Like, <laughs> oh, it's you're not talking about um, this ain't Coke or Pepsi right? It's an ecosystem. You're not choosing between product A and product B. You have an entire ecosystem for which you are responsible. And I think digital is a really valuable part of that ecosystem and done well and done right, not fast necessarily as much as I wish it was fast, but I feel like there's a way that it can make it a much healthier, much more robust ecosystem in the long run. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody has to get excluded and nobody has to get shut out and, and it's not A or B. Um, I even ran in my book Casanova, I ran a, a poll where I asked people who had discovered the book through piracy to like write me a line and tell me, um, after you read it, did you buy a physical copy or were you already buying physical copies and then pirated it because you wanted a digital? Without a doubt. I didn't hear from anybody who just wrote and said, yeah, I just stole it. <laughs> yeah. Every single person, hundreds of people. Like, yes, it's anecdotal, but, like, it's a big, it's a long anecdote, right? Yeah. Um, they all discovered, oh, I heard about it. My shop didn't carry it. I stole it off of wherever, and, and I love it, and now I buy it. Mm -hmm. um, with, I, I didn't hear from anybody who just stole it because, hey, it's a free comic. I'm going to steal it. And isn't that interesting? So I think comics will never be divorced from the physical. Um. So we just need to figure out a way to, in, like I said, intelligently grow this ecosystem in a way that doesn't shut anybody out and makes it accessible to all. Absolutely. Bob, one yeah, last sure, question, then we're sure. going to get Whereas, Since we are on this digital thing, Marvel just announced they're going to be uh, providing soundtracks to books. <laughs> if you could select the soundtrack for one of your books, what would it be? I wouldn't. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> Just stare into the abyss. Bowie. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 just, I don't think it, no, it bothers me. Mm. I don't think it, yeah, it's not my jam. Interesting. Okay. Literally, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> very cool, very I cool. I would never dream of, of inflicting that on someone. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Matt, before we we finish off this interview, just one more time, tell people their, you know, the career on books you got coming and what other books you got hitting the stands uh, soon. Uh, uh, um, well, tomorrow, uh, well, wait, when does this go up? This goes up on Friday. <laughs> okay, well, two days ago, yeah. the first collection of, of Hawkeye book, uh, Hawkeye issues came out, and, oh, and it's called My Life as a Weapon. Uh, so I write uh, Hawkeye, and I write uh, Fantastic Four, and I write FF for uh, Marvel Comics, maybe you've heard of them. <laughs> and, uh, and then I, I, uh, I write um, uh, a book called Casanova that I swear is coming back some day i uh, hope it's coming back someday uh i write uh i'm writing um satellite sam with howard shaken uh, at image comics 
and Sex Criminals with Chip Zdarsky, also from Image Comics, and those books will be available uh, in the summer. Awesome. I think um, July for Satellite Sam, and hopefully August for Sex Criminals. Maybe September, but hopefully August. Fantastic. Um, I do want to say before we go out, you know, and Bob introduced me to it, but we were huge fans of your Defenders oh, uh, work. So good. Thank you. You were the guys. Thank yeah, you very much. Yes. <laughs> excellent. Yeah. excellent. Uh, I got everyone around here started. <laughs> uh, no, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Um, you write a hell of an iron fist. Uh, just want to say. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm good. All right, so uh, that's it uh, for our interview with uh, Matt Fraction. Matt, thank you so much for joining us on Talking Comics. Thank Uh, you. Thanks for having me. Of course. So for Steve and Bob and Stephanie, I've been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued. Continued.